Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, February 19th, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc. Uh, happy President's Day, Family Day, Heritage Day, uh, Fuck Off Work Day, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, because I think it's a holiday everywhere, uh, most places in North America today, provinces in Canada, coast-to-coast holiday in the United States. So we hope you're enjoying it, and what a way to enjoy it when you have this much day games and afternoon hockey to enjoy. So great to be with you. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, no Brett Skalski is traveling back from a hockey tournament coaching the girls. So he'll be back with us next uh, Monday. Uh, but we do have today on this show, you know him well, you love him. Uh, it's John Massey, his first appearance on our daily show uh, to help us break down uh, the Monday NHL card. And there was a breakdown of another kind happening on the BetCast with John Massey, a little bit of an anger breakdown, nervous breakdown about the Calgary Flames. That's as good of a rant, though, as I've heard in quite some time. If you missed the BetCast, uh, and John Massey just taking apart the Calgary Flames, I mean, he did it so eloquently. Uh, it was one of the better soliloquies and uh, diatribes I've heard in quite some time. But at the same time, toward the end of that, it sounded like me a little bit because I thought blood vessels were going to come pouring out of John uh, during that uh, uh, rant about the uh, Calgary Flames. But uh, that was awesome, and it's awesome to have Johnny on the show today. John Massey, welcome in. Uh, I'm glad uh, we could finally get the schedule to line up. We kind of had this pinned off uh, about a month ago when I realized, like, hey, MLK Day, I would have been off and I could have made it happen. So, like, really the only other winter holiday we have left uh, working <laughs> for the federal government uh, is President's Day. So I'm like, oh, it's now or never, really. So, and uh, but I'm glad I can be here and I uh, hope we can talk some hockey and pick some winners today. Yeah, so it's basically John Massey on our sh daily show today, and uh, we'll see you next year at this time, probably for maybe another daily show appearance on the uh, show. Just before we get into, well, we'll talk a little Sunday uh, recap, but first, Mi Vancouver, Minnesota is like probably dropping the puck right now. Did you bet anything in that game there, Canucks Wild, John? I played both teams to score in the first period. Um, I, Part of me thinks just Minnesota, the, the lineup lacks depth. You're really relying on their top two lines or bust. Uh, Vancouver coming off the loss. I would like to go Vancouver money line. Uh, it got a little expensive because Gustafson in goal for Minnesota today. and He's a sieve. So I definitely wasn't interested in the Minnesota side, but they were so disappointing against Buffalo. I expect a response from the Wild also. So that made me a little bit worried about uh, – Vancouver coming off the loss, which is usually what you want to side with. And then Minnesota also has the tough back-to-back. -back. They're in Colorado tomorrow against the Avalanche. So, I mean, there are some tough, tricky scheduling spots uh, over this weekend into today and tomorrow because you have, what, the nine games today and you still have another eight tomorrow. So there are a lot of back-to-backs and tricky back-to-backs that include travel and time zones. So uh, it's a day to be careful, especially with all the matinees today. Yeah, there's no question. And you're right. There's some look ahead spots. There's some tricky little coming back home from a road trip spots. And one of them is in the first game we're going to talk about uh, in just a moment, but definitely things to keep an eye on. So first period, both teams to score for John with Vancouver, Minnesota. I'm on a Vancouver draw split, but I don't love either one. And I think Alex, you like the draw, right? 
I love the draw here. For the last five meetings at XL Energy Center have gone past the regulation with these two teams. So, like I said, with the back-to-backs, kind of a tricky spot. You see this one maybe come kind of being fast-paced a little bit earlier in the contest and slowing down late and going to OT. No doubt. Uh, Sunday, uh, of course, we had the three games, and John Massey must have been on the edge of his seat as the diehard New York Rangers fan that he is watching that unfold uh, yesterday afternoon. It was a thrilling finish, uh, and it was really a great game from start to finish, the the part two of the stadium series at MetLife Stadium. It got off to a uh, rollicking start with an early Rangers goal. Uh, whoever had Eric Gustafson to score the first goal of that game, uh, you're basically doing cartwheels when you saw that puck uh, go into the net. And then right after that, in his NHL debut, uh, Matt Rempe, who I knew all about him already because I remember when he played in Seattle in the Western Hockey League in junior and saw a ton of highlights and video clips of some of the scraps he was in down in Hartford with the uh, AHL affiliate. And sure enough, in his very first shift on the ice in his first NHL game, he's dropping the mitts with Matt Martin. And I got to give Matt Martin all the credit in the world. And I said this on Twitter, he doesn't have to do shit for that young kid. Okay. He's been in the league forever. And the fact that he said, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll drop the gloves. We'll, we'll give you what you're looking for here. Kid looking to make a name for himself. First NHL game. He was a willing combatant. Uh, and it was an awesome fight, too, uh, with Rempe and Martin. And Rempe got the better of it. So that tells you all you need to know. He's a huge uh, uh, player for a center. Uh, and that whole line now that the Rangers have that he was on, uh, it all of a sudden has plenty of size to it, which is probably good because there were times in the past the Rangers got pushed around a little bit physically. So, you know, to have some of those players in there makes uh, them a little bit tougher to play against, no question about that. That being said, it was an ugly portion of the game after that first goal for the Rangers and after the fight because the Islanders it was just too easy unfortunately one of those goals I had to call him uh shit Sturkin unfortunately after it went in it was a bad goal he's got to have it uh that uh, second goal uh, the third goal the Barzell deflection it was bad you know let him uh, get the stick on the puck no one took him out and then the the Nelson goal I mean it's just basically let's give you all the free ice you want to just cruise right through the slot area and rip it home Four Rangers were there just standing there checking hot air uh, with that Brock Nelson goal. So that wasn't a good look. But uh, unfortunately, the Islanders got into the old penalty trouble late in that game, and it came back to haunt them. Their penalty kill has been abysmal uh, all season long, and boy, did it hurt them in a big way uh, in that third period as the Rangers capitalized. They erase a 5-3 third period deficit. Even I was thinking when Romanov scored to make it 5-3, that was going to be maybe it for the comeback bid for the Rangers. But the penalty issues reared their ugly head, uh, and then the Rangers win it right away in overtime. It's the right call as long as the puck goes in the net, crosses the goal line in between where the posts are, and the de- player, the, the defensive team knocks the uh, goal off the pegs. That's, that's a good goal, simple as that. And it was the Islanders that knocked it off. The Rangers knocked it off. Um, you know, that goal wouldn't have counted. Uh, but if the Islanders knocking it off, uh, clearly it was them. Uh, no one pushed a, an Islander player into the net. Clearly a good goal. And the Rangers with a miraculous comeback win. It was such a miraculous comeback win that was that a pump fist and some emotion out of Peter Laviolette that I saw behind the bench uh, when that game was won. So you don't see that every day uh, from Pete. But uh, what a win for the Rangers. John, you're the Rangers fan. We'll start with you on this one. What can you say? Hell of a comeback win and just a brutal loss for the Islanders. Now, I know they still get the loser point, but loser points aren't good enough right now for this team trying to make the playoffs. The fact you had two points in your back pocket and frittered it away, and there's another team that did this crap, 
and we'll get to them in a moment. Uh, John, that was a great win for the Rangers. Costly missed extra point for the Islanders. Yeah, but it's the Islanders, so I'm not disappointed by it. <laughs> I'm not not expecting of it. Um, but also what, what Laviolette did, I think it made a difference for Laviolette, you know, winning his first outdoor game, despite the fact he's coached in the most with uh, Quenville now. Um, that, But that was his first win in an outdoor game. Um, but he made some moves pulling. The Islanders have not scored an empty net goal this year. So he pulled Shesterkin on the first power play under five minutes, kind of pulling a wah. They get to pucks that they don't get to if it's only five on four, but it's six on four, and they score, and it becomes a one-goal game. Um, so, and he did that early and then settled it. And then, I mean, there were some weak calls in that game yesterday. I didn't like the last penalty that was called against the Islanders. I thought it was soft, but you know what? I thought the Lafreniere trip in the first period that resulted in a power play goal for the Islanders was ridiculously soft because Sezika skated into Lafreniere and fell down, and they called Lafreniere for tripping. So, like, so I thought the officiating was uh, Charmin yesterday. Um, but you know what? Clear the puck. Do your job. Get to it. You got outfought and outhustled by a team that doesn't always do that. And, you know, this is the first time the Rangers and the Islanders played in 13 months. The Rangers didn't match their energy level early on, kind of like forgot what it was like to play in a Ranger-Islander game is what it looked like. They were slow. They were flat-footed early. Chesterkin wasn't on point um, early. The Islanders jump out to that lead. but And the Islanders were skating better, but, I mean, they just don't generate a lot from the back. They got hemmed in. They got pushed. The Rangers were all over them in the third period. And, I mean, even the goal uh, that the Islanders scored a big at 5-3 for Romanov, you have Lindgren down in the corner injured. So, you know, become you know, it kind of becomes fluky in that regard and that the Rangers really dominated that entire uh, third period and then just a terrible turnover by Dobson. Um, yep. So I was extremely happy. And I think the NHL has got to be thrilled that you have – you know, 150,000 fans for two regular season hockey games. Everything in New York media – was talking about with, you know, the NBA exhibition that was going on yesterday. The NHL really had a chance to grab the eyes and grab the attention. And they put on two games this weekend that absolutely did. The weather was perfect for it outside of it being too sunny. Um, Got to wait for that sun to get down behind uh, the stands to get the glare off the ice. Um, But because of the weather, because of the temperature, the ice was great. You saw a great high-scoring game uh, Saturday night between the Devils and the Flyers. And the Rangers and Islanders uh, lived up to the billing. And uh, the fans were in the league were winners for that, too. I mean, if you're the NHL, John, let's go even further beyond the two outdoor games that were on ABC this weekend. L.A.-Boston, what an incredible game that was. Saturday afternoon on ABC. Oilers-Stars, outstanding game that went to overtime as well. So all four games that were on ABC television, sat the three on Saturday and then Rangers-Islanders yesterday, absolutely phenomenal. Hockey games, and, both of them, all four of them, and great and parades on a weekend. Moved. The NBA didn't have obviously regular season action going. And, and as and as I poo poo it, I did have the both teams to score in the first period. The Islanders over their team total and Brock Nelson anytime goal, which was done and dusted nice and early. So I was still able to profit over expecting kind of the Islanders to come out and show uh, understanding what the game meant. Yes. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and it was, uh, like I say, it was a great weekend for ABC. Alex, your thoughts yeah. on that outdoor game yesterday? Because it, it turned into one hell of a hockey game. If you're ABC, you love it because the whole, there was a big audience, I'm sure. I'm interested to see what the ratings were. And that game delivered. Yeah, I mean, let's let's give the league some credit here, right? Like, And, and obviously the teams had to show up and make this uh, worth what it was. But the ABC and ESPN have done a tremendous job. Even right now, we got a, a game on ESPN and, and another game coming up later. They've done a great job of, of taking advantage of the open space and airtime and, and showing off some really good hockey, getting people focused in and locked in as we get ready for the stretch run and heading to the playoffs. Kind of unfortunate when you think about later on, we're going to have these days kind of missed when we start throwing in the, the Olympics and so forth. But this is the way the NHL needs to start attacking February and March. They need to start putting as many games on as possible and getting more eyes on the product. And it helps when you have great games like a come from behind when uh, the Rangers pulled off, you know, outside having a great back and forth battle like the Devils and, and the Flyers. And then, like you said, even with the with the Kings and, and Bruins, that just having that back and forth action, uh, compelling games, that's what you want for your national TV schedule. And, and all three of them were fascinating. Now, I hit the first period over in that Isles uh, Rangers game. I liked that a lot. It was my best bet. And uh, got that one through pretty quick and, and in a hurry. So that was nice to see. Didn't chip in on some live plays. I, I, I did think about taking a little piece of Rangers at one point live. Never really fired on it. And, and I really should have now thinking about it. I saw some people in chat had it as high as plus 900 to see go to the draw. Uh, and plus 350 to 500 uh, live at different points. So great win for them. That's a tough loss for the Isles, uh, certainly. That's one that's going the same, but that is a, a big win. And I didn't even know that stat with Laviolette about, uh, you know, getting his first outdoor win with all the different games that he has coached outdoors and, and with uh, Nashville and Philly and so forth. So that's that's got to be big for him, too. And uh, those, you know, little things like that, that's what you want to look at. You know, we have to kind of separate the outdoor games from a regular season game, even if the, you know, players may not make the biggest deal of it. Obviously, the media is going to hype it up, but, but there are different nuances, especially when we start talking about the weather. Weather has always been a key, and we always talk about the bad weather. But now, if we're starting to see some games that are going to be scheduled, let's say, a little bit into the later February, March portion, I know we're going to have a game next, uh, I think next spring in Columbus, uh, the Blue Jackets and Red Wings. Those are things where it was like, okay, maybe we start, if we don't have terrible winter weather in these areas, ice conditions can be fine, and we can just kind of almost handicap this like it's an indoor game necessarily as far as, you know, not having the, the elements play a factor into it. So I, I'm hoping that if the NHL, they are going to continue to have more stadium series games. But I wouldn't mind seeing them stray kind of away from the traditional uh, colder weather markets because that kind of makes for a little bit better of a game as far as let's not have the whole, they got to swap ends at, uh, you know, 10 minutes of the third period. Let's make sure everything's fair and balanced and there's no weather issues to interfere with anything at all. And you were lucky enough to get that in New York uh, or New Jersey, rather, for the, the, these two games. So kudos to the NHL and uh, everything you know went off fairly smoothly, other than some sunshine and uh, some great games to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a home run weekend for the league and on the, with the ABC games in particular, because all four of them were really, really good. Uh, and that is what you want to see. And then they put two more ESPN games on this afternoon as well. So they they really took advantage of it. And great to see all this hockey nationally televised for sure. The next game was Arizona-Colorado on Sunday. That was a really good result for, uh, I think, many of us. I know John Massey yesterday was on um, Arizona team total, both teams to score in the first period. I was on the over trifecta, and that's what I'm going to start calling it, the over trifecta. First period over, first period, both teams to score, and full game over. In fact, there's a game I'm on that again later today. 
that we'll talk about. But uh, no doubt, I think when you look at Colorado, Arizona, it made sense to me. And look, it was a great spot for Arizona, and they still couldn't get the job done. That's nine losses in a row now for the Coyotes, 4-3. That was not vintage Colorado. That was not Colorado at their best, but because Arizona just sucks ass right now, you know, it still didn't matter. <laughs> Colorado survived, uh, got the win 4-3. I mean, think about that spot for Colorado, where they were yesterday. They're coming off the road, very long road trip, couple wins at the end of it. You're playing Arizona, and oh, you got Vancouver on deck coming into town on Tuesday night. And yet Arizona still comes up short, loses 4-3, but... And the draw almost got there for me at plus 430. That would have been just the icing on the cake for me with that game. But the uh, draw just falls short, but all the overs hit, uh, including the best bet for me with Arizona, Colorado, over six and a half. So that was a good result. And then L.A., Pittsburgh, where do I start with that game? First of all, the good for Pittsburgh. Yarmir Yager's ceremony was spectacular. And the guy has more charisma than you would think. I mean, his speech was eloquent. Uh, I love the little joke he put in there about Alfie Samuelson saying, I tried to come up with something nice to say about him, but I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) It was pretty funny about (laughs) Alf Samuelson's a nice guy off the ice, but that is a little, he was a prick on the ice. That guy, one of the biggest pricks you'll ever meet uh, on the ice. Uh, He would stick you in the gonads, you know, you name it. He would just take no prisoners, but uh, that was pretty funny to hear Yager say that it was a great speech. Great to see number 68 up in the rafters there at uh, UMBC Arena uh, there in uh, Pittsburgh, UM, or UPMC, I should say, the Pittsburgh Medical uh, Company. But nevertheless, it was a great, uh, great ceremony. It was a good start for Pittsburgh. They got the lead one nothing, And of course, Sidney Crosby had to score on Yaramir Yager night. It only made sense. But that's about all she wrote for Pittsburgh. And um, again, I find it just hilarious. Pittsburgh blows another lead. Loses another game. They the tying goal for LA one one on their power play, and then Pittsburgh's embarrassing, horrific, just all time pathetic power play is their demise once again. Last night against the LA Kings, they have a power play in a tie game late in the third period, only to have the LA Kings uh, score a short handed goal, which ended up being the game winner two to one. What a perfect way for the Pittsburgh Penguins to take the ultimate massive shit, massive dump on Yaramir Yager night like that. Losing the game in that fashion with the power play being the the, the just inept power play at this point, inept being the forefront of yet another horrendous loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And this time they got zero points. Not only did it go from two points to not a win. It went from two points to zero points because they lost in regulation and they can't afford that shit right now. Not with where they are uh, in the standings. Horrendous job by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Way to defecate on Yaramir Yager night, guys, uh, last night there uh, in the Berg. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts from you on the uh, other two games we saw on Sunday? Yeah, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, Yaramir Yager's night got that spoiled there with with the loss. Uh, you know, it was nice to see. It was really cool. See, I love how the Penguins always do fun things during their warm-ups to honor players. Remember when Sidney Crosby had his thousandth game, they all were mimicking his stretching. We've seen other, uh, you know, routines like that. So them all, all coming out with the with the old school jerseys and the mullets. That was a really, uh, you know, nice touch to see. And it's just unfortunate that this current team could not uh, bring some of that old school energy into this contest and win it. I mean, it was just a, a flat contest for the most part. And Adrian Kempe just showed up with a couple of goals and, and, and spoiled the party. And it's funny, I, I joked on Twitter saying, you know, Yager looked great skating around and practicing with the team. I'm going to read a stat line from you. 
Minus one, no goals, no assists, no points, one shot, 21 shifts equaling 13 minutes and 59 seconds on ice. You want to know who that was? That was Jeff Carter. You think Yarmir Yager, 50 years of age, couldn't go in that locker room, put those those uh, skates and those you know, that uniform on and do exactly that or probably even a little bit better than that at 52? My point being is that this team is missing something. You have Crosby, you have Russ, you have all this talent, but there's just something there that it hasn't been there uh, we've seen in the previous years. Maybe it's Sullivan. Maybe you have to go on and fire him. Not to say he's a bad coach, but you got to shake some shit up in this room right now with the Penguins. If they're going to be a playoff team and 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 not start this rebuild sooner than they'd like to, they got to shake something up. I don't know what it is at this point because it's baffling some nights how this team can look good and, and, and seem like, okay, yeah, they can be a team that can give you a fight in the East, and then they look like a lottery team on the night. So they have to find some consistency sooner or later. I agree with that, 100% true. I love what they did, too, with letting Yager skate with the team right before the game. Pre-game skate, after the ceremony, Yager went into the dressing room with the Pittsburgh Penguins team and laced up the skates, put the put the jersey on, and there he was out there for a pre-game skate with the team right before the game. Probably should have played the game. Probably like, should have, yeah. <laughs> couldn't have been any worse than, like, he couldn't have been any worse than Volteri Pustinen, who's done zip since he's been called up. You can't be any worse than Drew O'Connor. You know, who these they're asking these guys to be like line mates to Sidney Crosby and Malkin and these they're not doing jack squat offensively right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know why that is? Oh, maybe because you traded spent years and years trading away draft picks, trading away high end prospects because you've been contenders all these years, trying to you know, basically buy, buy, buy all year, and now you've got a depleted, completely depleted. Uh, cupboard of prospects and draft picks. And now you can't call guys up that can make offensive impacts right now. That's the issue. It's coming home to roost all these years of contending for what, almost 20 years now with Crosby there and Malkin. Uh, and that's exactly what you're seeing right now. And speaking of Malkin, look, I know he's 36. He's he's lost a few steps. Two goals in the last 18 games, not good enough. Sorry. Like he is, they need more from Mr. Gino Malkin than that. And I'm shocked still this power play is this inept. Carlson was spoke with Carlson. That's the one thing he's supposed to be really good at is quarterbacking a power play, making a power play really strong. And yet this power play has been in the ditch all season. Uh, John, what did you think of that game as well as the uh, game in the uh, mile high city? Well, I very much enjoyed the Colorado Arizona game uh, just because of the results. Uh, I liked the Arizona team total over yesterday. I liked the both teams to score in the first period. Kind of expecting Colorado coming off the road trip and Arizona in the great spot to have an opportunity to score goals, but Arizona doesn't win games. Remember the talk that used to be by a one esteemed chatter about Vamelka for the Bezina? I think we're a long way from that nowadays. Um, he's right there with Akira Schmid as goalies that you trust. Um, go figure. And um, Pittsburgh and L.A., um, I have to say I am not surprised by it. Um, it's kind of appropriate for a franchise that was bankrupt while Yager was there. They should have just had him play for free last night like he did back in the early 90s uh, when the team had no money. Um, but it's a team, you see them doing the right things and not getting the results. Like, they're, Pittsburgh's where they are, and – Jari's been good. You look at Jari's numbers, how many, how often do they lose games 2-1? 1-0. 2-0. Like, the goaltending is not the problem. 
the D is not the problem defensively. The problem is they don't score goals. And we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins not scoring goals. I love it personally. Like, I mean, because this is like 15 years of trauma that I've watched uh, over Sidney Crosby's entire career, but right. as a bane of my existence. But the Penguins don't score goals. It's kind of nice. Got to say, only say that as a now Metropolitan Division rival, though. Um, I, I can understand why people in Pittsburgh and Melissa, who's usually in the chat and has been on the BetCast, is a big Pittsburgh fan. You know, they're not used to seeing – it's extremely frustrating when you see this, when you see the goaltending being good and then, like, they just can't score. It used to just yeah. be reserved for, like, Tuesday nights on a BetCast where, like, play against the Penguins on a Tuesday. But – now it's every night of the week, every day that ends in Y, they don't score. Now with Gentle out, who's going to score the goals? You have Crosby and who's going to yeah. step up? That's, that's the thing. It's Crosby and. You can't even count on Malkin mm-hmm. anymore. You can't count on Raquel and Rust consistently. Rust's been in a little bit of a cold streak as well. But you go on down the list, and who is stepping up other than Sidney Crosby right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins? And uh, the answer is nobody you know, at the moment. And that's the uh, big issue that they've got going right now. I'm glad you brought up Melissa Cunningham because obviously the last year she became a mom. She's been busy with that. She's been busy, I'm sure, with work stuff. So we haven't seen her as much, but I've noticed she's been percolating more activity-wise on Twitter and X lately. So we're going to have to get her on as a guest on The Daily Show. It's a long overdue for a Melissa Cunningham appearance here uh, on The Daily Show and the BetCast. I'm t- also, we got a couple of BetCasts coming up. I'm going to uh, check in with her, see if she wants to join us here for even just a little bit during one of the next two BetCasts. One of them is Patreon exclusive, and it is this week. So again, a reminder that we've got a Patreon exclusive BetCast this week. And then, of course, we've got the uh, main public free-for-all BetCast coming your way next Tuesday, February 27th uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So uh, we are definitely looking forward to that uh, as well. Let's give you a quick uh early update here with some of these uh, afternoon games. We've got a slew of them. I'm already a winner with Ducks team total over two and a half, and I'm waiting on my Ducks money line uh, against Buffalo. Uh, 4-3 Anaheim there in the third period of that game. Uh, I am on Dallas money line, Dallas team total over two and a half. Uh, I live bet the second period over, which is, you know, well, it's half of it's won, half of it is pushed because I had over one and a half and two with that in the second period it's 2-2 dallas boston halfway through the second uh it's one nothing toronto uh leading st louis in the uh final five minutes of the second we do need one more goal there and vancouver has just scored to take a two nothing lead uh, on minnesota with six minutes to go in the uh, first period minnesota is going to just have a sleepless night about a five on three opportunity for them earlier in this period that went by the wayside and quite honestly it wasn't very good uh that five on three either uh, for the wild. So uh, all of a sudden stranglehold on the lot well, stranglehold, but the Canucks have shown you this year with Tockett behind the bench. They're not as easy to come back against uh, compared to the past. So uh, Minnesota not playing well in the power play. You don't say. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen that uh, very often uh, over the last several years. So no doubt. Two shots and two goals for the Canucks. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Bus. Mm. The Gus bus is broken down. Needs to go to the shop. Needs to, needs repairs. Yeah. <laughs> Gus Bus ain't go, ain't taking anyone to their destination right now. Uh, Blue's, is, Blue's uh, going to the power play also coming out of the uh, under six media. So four forty five yep. left in the second period. They're trailing one nothing. And for those who are, of us who have a second period over in that game and a second period yep. both teams to score, now is the chance. Blues. 
It is. Now's the chance, and uh, that's exactly what we're open for. Uh, a, a goal before the end of the second there with the uh, Leafs and the Blues. All right, we've got, of course, we talked about the uh, games that have already started yesterday. So basically, we will do the remaining six games on this Monday slate now, and we will begin with a game that starts in about an hour from now, the second of the ESPN doubleheader this afternoon, uh, Detroit Red Wings, Seattle Kraken, Seattle minus 135 home favorites, six the total in this game. Um, this is Malinsky special, though, uh, involving uh, Seattle. They're coming back home off a, a four-game road trip. Now, they've played five in a row on the road, but the first of those five was before the All-Star break against San Jose. So, really, it's a four-game road trip in the Eastern time zone that they're coming back from. It's never a spot I'm looking to take a team. Rarely is it a spot, I should say, that I'm looking to take a team. So, I'm not really interested in Seattle laying a price. I lean Detroit here, but the one thing that does benefit Seattle is the fact they've had a couple of days off since returning home from that trip. Uh, it looks like in this game, as far as goaltenders go, uh, it's going to be Alex Lyon for uh, Detroit. Don't have confirmation yet for uh, Seattle, but I would expect Joey Decord once again to be in between the pipes in this game. Uh, the only thing I have is a small bet on the draw uh, in this game with the uh, Red Wings and the Kraken. I believe with these two teams, we have seen uh, – the last two meetings go to overtime between them. Earlier this year in Detroit, it was 5-4 Kraken. Last year, uh, we saw 5-4 Kraken. Uh, so, and overall, three of the five uh, meetings all time between the Red Wings and the Kraken have gone beyond regulation. So that's it for me. Just the draw here with uh, Detroit and Seattle. I lean Detroit because of the angle. Home team off a four-game or longer road trip. Um but I don't know. There's something about this that kept me off it. I'd like the because I think for Seattle, the two days off does help them a little bit in what would normally be a little bit of a trickier spot. Uh, what are you thinking here in this one, Alex? Detroit, Seattle. Yeah, I like the draw here. Like I said, you know, you had last two meetings going to uh, pass regulation, three of the five all time meetings going past regulation. But I also like the first period over here as well. And this has been a nice little run we've seen for Seattle. Three and one last four home games gone over in the first period. They also went over the first period in uh, two of the last five on the road. So this is a kind of a little bit of a trend. We know Detroit can bring that kind of pace and energy. I think an earlier start time in Seattle, you don't see too many of these, but they usually have a, a fairly good turnout. So and we've seen that kind of around the league too. Most There's our goal. 1-1, one, one, Blues tied yes. it up. All right, let's go. Uh, so yeah, you see, you don't see uh, too many of these with uh, with the Kraken, but I think, like I said, we've been seeing good crowds, and I think we're gonna see a big crowd in this one tonight. I think that get or today that should give them some energy. So first period over one and a half, lay a little bit now and, and jump and grab a little bit more in game, but I also like that draw too. I grab plus three twenty five at that online. There you go, good stuff. I'm on that Leafs Blues draw uh, actually as well, so it's good news for that uh, as well. Uh, what do you think here, John? Uh, Detroit, Seattle. Um. I have these, like, Detroit's weird for me, and I don't know how I feel. My bargain's been specials coming out of this game, uh, props-wise, um, and it relates, but I don't know. I mean, they changed them before the game against Calgary, and I don't know how much it was, how well the lines were working versus how bad Calgary was. Um, so, but I'm going to the top line. I saw plus 480 on FanDuel. For the player props, um, Michael Rasmussen's on the first line now, playing left wing with Kane and Dylan Larkin as the first line for Detroit. Um, plus 480 is not a first liner price by any stretch of the imagination, getting those minutes with those two playmakers, and especially playmakers who like to assist and set people up. 
So I'm taking a shot on any time goal with him, and I'm leaning Detroit in the game playing against Seattle off the East Coast road trip. But if there's any time if you're a Pacific Coast team that you want to play a day game, it's coming back from the East Coast. Like, it doesn't affect the body clock nearly as bad, 3.30, feeling like 6.30 or 7 o'clock, as opposed to the 10.30, you know, the 10.30 game yeah. uh, feeling when it's a 7 or 7.30 game at home. So I'm leading Detroit uh, in this spot, and I'm picking Rasmussen to score a goal today at plus 480 on FanDuel. Any and you're muted. Now, I can't argue with that uh, look toward Rasmussen there, Johnny, because that's always what I'm interested in, these players moving up the lineup. And you're right. You know, it's funny. This site that I use, it's not updating these line combinations as quickly as they normally do because I had not seen him up on that top line earlier today when I looked. Now I do see it. Rasmussen, Larkin, and Kane expected to be the top line here for Detroit. So I'm in full agreement. That's that's going to be a bet for me as well. Rasmussen at that price, uh, definitely up to the top line. Uh, it's not always going to work out, hence Jimmy VC yesterday uh, for the New York Rangers. But, you know, it's still something that you, you bet those, you're going to cash your your share of them. Well, it, it becomes a problem when you're talking about this top line and the top line. It's top line at five on five. And yeah. so many of the goals and so many of the points were happening in, on special teams and yeah. power plays and penalty kills. So the well, top line player the doesn't mean you're a power play unit guy, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's what happened to BC is like so much, of, especially towards the end of that game, is being played on the power player, the penalty kill. So just not getting the same ice time. Yep. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point right there, no doubt. And uh, something you definitely want to pay, be mindful of, uh, no question, is that, um, you know, because you see the guy moving up to the top line, he's got to score at even strength for you, you know, as, in a lot of cases, because they're not always on the power play as well. It's not a g- gimme anyway, especially the player moving up to the top line. The established top liners, they probably will be on the power play, but the ones moving up the lineup, maybe not so much. All right, we got an all-Canadian matchup, 4 p.m. Eastern. Winnipeg Jets, Calgary Flames, uh, Winnipeg minus 130 road favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, Calgary, as John Massey uh, said on the BetCast, uh, just doing typical Calgary things where they have that great road trip, have some nice wins, valiant effort and a loss to the Rangers, and you come back home and you drop back-to-back games to San Jose and Detroit. Really, you look horrid. You look absolutely brutal uh, in both of those games. Uh, and now everyone that was getting excited about maybe a little playoff push, and now they're back to talking about maybe we trade Hannafin, maybe we trade Markstrom. Uh, just like that. So look how things can change after just two uh, really, really poor home games. So for me, here I am on the Jets, minus 130, but in the pit of my gut, because they are the better team, and this price does look cheap, but in the pit of my gut, this is also a spot where this Calgary can do this sometimes. You know, they have these awful games against teams they should beat, and then watch them show up today, you know, against a Winnipeg Jets team that uh, we think is better than them. We're pretty sure that of that, but... You know, sometimes we see Calgary show up in these spots. So this is not something I'm overly unloading on from a from a bit, betting standpoint. This is just going to be a small play for me, but I am going to be on Winnipeg. I like that they got their shit together against Vancouver. This team's had problems beating some of the better teams on their schedule uh, in recent games, uh, and we definitely saw, uh, oh, my gosh, I think we've got both teams to score in this Canuck and Wild game here for uh, – John Massey here with uh, Vancouver and Minnesota, although it might be under review this goal see if it's a kicking motion. We'll see. 
but pending potential winner here for Canucks Wild. Uh, both teams to score for John. Oh, with this big Cooper, Minnesota. Yeah, that might come back because he's got the skate turn, but he's still sliding. That that could come back. Yeah, that's going to be. Yeah, he was stationary. Be. That's a goal, but he's not. Yeah, so. yeah, that's. Here we go. Uh, we're uh, waiting with bated breath, and I'm John certainly is to see what this decision is uh, as far as this Minnesota Wild goal, which would cash the both teams to score in the first period in the final minute as well of this uh, opening period. But it looks like it's going to count. Wow. Yeah, and they put time back on the clock, too. All right. Hey, Holy shit. <laughs> there we go. 2-1. We can celebrate <laughs> a both teams to score winner for John Massey here. 2-1 to one for the uh, Vancouver Canucks late in the first period. Anyway, back to this game, Winnipeg minus 130. That's about it for me uh, in this one. Small bet. Uh, I just feel like Calgary, you know, They'll probably be better here, and this is what they do. Sometimes they play up and they play down, but cheap for me with the better team. That's the way I see it. Alex, what do you think here? Jets, Flames. This is the only other draw I like in the uh, kind of later card. I, I think this game could be just kind of slow and boring for the most part. There's a reason why we're seeing that five and a half total. We talked about how the Jets can be kind of iffy with their offense. We know about Calgary at times with their shot selection. I just feel like this could be one of those games that's like 2-2. And just stays two two for this is a game I would even maybe pay, place a bet on that goes to the shootout, not even just overtime. So uh, draw, and then you can kind of maybe get creative with a little little extra game goes to shootout. All right, John, what do you think here? Winnipeg, Calgary. I'm first. I'm looking over my shoulder to see if the cops are going to show up for robbery, um, for that kicking motion <laughs> counting as a goal. Um, but I'll take it. It's nice to get those breaks. First period, Calgary. Uh, Calgary to win the game. Uh, Calgary on the alternate puck line. Calgary 3-1 final. Kuzmenko a power play point. Because, because this is a game, Ian, as you said, struggle against San Jose, lose. Don't show up against Detroit, lose. Here you go. Winnipeg's coming into town, and you have Calgary, at a plus 110 at home against a team that's actually good, this is when they show up. This is when they play a good game. And I think that's what you're going to see today. And I think I think Winnipeg is going to be good. I think the first period is going to be slow. I like the under one and a half in the first period. I think Calgary's up one nothing. I mean, as good as Hellebuck has been, Markstrom has been very good too. Um, so – and he's been good for the better part of six weeks. So I really like Calgary in this spot today in a Monday matinee, just when everybody's off the Calgary bandwagon. Time to jump on. Let's go. Flame on. There you go. Flame on, says uh, John Massey. So a uh, potpourri, if you will, of Calgary looks there. Uh, Moneyline, uh, Calgary early, uh, Kuzmenko uh, to get on the board. So uh, And Calgary, like we say, this is not – we can't put it past them to do this, you know, to lose to a San Jose at home, to lose to a Detroit at home, and yet somehow rally the troops and beat a very good Winnipeg team at home today. It's possible. Uh, no question about that. And it looks like as far as goaltending, we are likely going to get the matchup we're hoping for, Hellebuck and Markstrom. And Markstrom in current form, you know, against Hellebuck would be one heck of a matchup. Uh, no question about that here. Uh, in this game. As far as props go, I'm going to go with Bellardi on the Winnipeg side. Bellardi's streaky, finally bounced out of the, the, the slump against Vancouver, and I like that, usually betting on a player that can score goals, that's gotten out of a funk, and now watch the floodgates open a little bit. 
for him. So Velarde is the prop that I like the most on the uh, Calgary Flames side of the equation. I like Kuzmenko too for Calgary. I think if I were to look at uh, betting someone for Calgary, uh, I would look in that direction as far as uh, uh, Andre Kuzmenko here uh, in this game against the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets. All right, next up here, we've got the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Arizona Coyotes. This is a back-to-back for Arizona. They were in Denver yesterday, uh, and now they return home to face the Edmonton Oilers, who have a rest advantage. They last played in Dallas, where they had an overtime win against the Stars. Uh, Edmonton minus 280, road favorites, 6.5 the total here in this game. I'm running right back the three bets that won for me yesterday involving the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, here in this game over one and a half first period both teams to score first period over six and a half here Oilers Coyotes look at this recent series history here for Edmonton Arizona very high scoring nature no question and look this is an Edmonton team we've been uh, basically talking about it for several shows that defensively there's going to be regression and we're seeing that they have now given up a grand total of uh, 17 goals in their last four games combined, three straight overs. Uh, Arizona's turned into a bit of an over machine here uh, during this last 10-game stretch uh, where they've gone 7-3 uh, uh, and three to the over. They can't keep the puck out of their own net right now, and it doesn't matter what goalie they put in. The defense is struggling. The penalty kill has been awful uh, of late for Arizona, so it's just all kinds of issues. Edmonton's won six straight, and look at the scores of the last um, – Five meetings, 5-3-6-1-8-2-4-3-5-4. So all of these games getting seven-plus goals for the most part and getting their way over the total. Uh, Skinner is back in net for Edmonton today. Stuart Skinner this afternoon uh, after Pickard got the start against Dallas, and he got the win against Dallas uh, as well uh, over the weekend. And making his, first, well, not his debut. We've seen him in an NHL game before. For the Arizona Coyotes, but this will be his first NHL start this afternoon. AHL All-Star goalie as well, Matt Volalta, uh, in net here for the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, this afternoon. Uh, it's someone that's uh, you know in the AHL level. Uh, the numbers are pretty good with the Tucson Road Runners. Uh, meet 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 meet. Uh, 2.58 goals against average, a 9.13 save percentage down there in the American Hockey League for Matt Volalta. That being said. You got a team that's struggling defensively like crazy right now, playing in front of you. And oh, here's your first assignment as a starting goalie in the NHL, Mr. Valalta. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, and the potent Edmonton Oilers. You talk about a tough assignment with a team that's not keeping the puck out of their own net defensively in front of your, their goalies right now. It doesn't matter if it's Ingram, it doesn't matter if it's Vimelka. The Arizona Coyotes have been giving up goals in bunches lately. It's going to be a tough assignment. Now, I know there's these spots where the team rallies around the young goalie and they play their ass off and they dig in defensively. I'm not sure they're capable of it right now, this Coyotes team, especially with Edmonton coming into town. And keep in mind, uh, they've also got a couple of guys that are very good you know, defensively in the center ice position, especially Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd's a good defensive center. He's still out. I think they've missed him quite a bit on the defensive side of things. So, yeah, we're going to run it back with uh, what we cashed with involving the uh, Coyotes and the Avs yesterday. Uh, first period over, first period both teams to score, full game over, and yes, back to the well we go with Mr. Perry, Scory Perry for the Edmonton Oilers, plus 320. The price is not nearly as good today, but still you can get plus 320 with Corey Perry playing with Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid on the top line. Scored against Dallas, obviously. Scored in back-to-back games now uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So, Scory Perry one more time, plus 320 
uh, as well for me in this game. Uh, Alex, uh, Oilers, Coyotes. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about Matt Belalta, and he's got you know decent numbers in, in the AHL throughout his career, and with some kind of shaky teams. So, like I said, he's not a guy who's just completely uh, a throwaway. This is a guy we will see in the NHL at some point sooner than later, probably being a one B or a backup option. Uh, that being said, Edmonton, you know how their offense can be. They can turn it up and down at any given moment. Like I said, this has been a high scoring series. So I like both teams to score uh, in the first period. I got plus 150 shop around for that. I've seen anywhere between plus 145 to 150. I also like and get an MGM over two minus a dollar five. I don't usually play over two as much. I usually try to wait and grab something in game, which I will try and hopefully do here. If I can lay 140, or, or less than a, with a one and a half, I'll also be uh, trying to add on in-game as well. So I'm just looking for goals early in this contest, nothing to do with the side. I don't even like the full game over because if Edmonton hops out to a 3 nothing lead, uh, it wouldn't try to see some maybe in 5-1 and go right under that 6 and a half. I that's that is the fear with the full game. It's that, you know, Edmonton goes into lockdown, shutdown mode uh, and Arizona is just unable to respond because Edmonton, for the most part, has played better defensively for the last two months. But there have been those defensive cracks the last few games. Like I said, they, they come into this game 17 goals against uh, in their last four games combined for the Edmonton Oilers. So they're not locking it down nearly as well, and part of that again is the regression that I said. You're not going to keep keeping teams. You're not going to keep holding teams to two goals or less every game like they were, you know, for several weeks there. And we're seeing it now a, a little bit. They're a better defensive team than they were, no question. But let's not act like the Oilers are suddenly the fucking '90s Devils here. I mean, let's let's calm down a little bit. I mean, they're they're improving defensively. They're not there yet at that kind of a level. Uh, Johnny, what do you think here, Edmonton, Arizona? I dislike this game immensely because Arizona's on the back-to-back where yesterday was their chance in Colorado. And Edmonton is coming off the big uh, Saturday victory over Dallas in overtime. Wednesday, they're home for Boston. And this just screams banana peel, but they are so much better. I don't think Arizona can take advantage of their deficiencies. Um, Like Alex, I'm on the both teams to score in the first period. Um, but other than that, I'm steering clear. I'm not getting involved in this game. The price is too out of whack, but rightfully so, just with especially how bad Arizona is. I like data, and I don't have NHL-level data for the goalie for Arizona, who I've heard good things about. I know is an AHL all-star. Um, he's starting behind an AHL team today uh, in the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> AHL blue line, that's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so... If Edmonton is up early, um, I can see them pulling off, and I would look to a third period under, understanding what's happening with Boston coming to town on Wednesday, taking the foot off the gas. And I could maybe venture, if it's a 3 nothing, 4 nothing kind of game, uh, third period shot on Arizona money line in the period, just because Edmonton doesn't push forward, plays it kind of keep away, hot potato, and see what happens. So um, that's what I say. And for those that think that I'm high, I've never had marijuana in my life. So shove it. <laughs> Didn't, there you go. That's throwing the smack. That's throwing it down right there, uh, John Massey, with those uh, comments. Yeah, it's uh, all right. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, it's, maybe, it's, maybe I'm, it's I'm smoking our soothing voices, Alex and I. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. 
just is in a relaxed state of mind without the need for enhancements. Maybe it's that. Uh, speaking of enhancements, the Vegas need what Vegas Golden Knights need some enhancements to their game. Uh, they've lost two in a row on home ice to Minnesota and Carolina. They will try to bounce back here against the uh, San Jose Sharks. Vegas minus 275 road favorites. Five and a half, the total shaded to the over here in this one. Looks like as far as this matchup goes, uh, this is another 4 p.m. Eastern start. Mackenzie Blackwood in net for San Jose. We don't have a goalie confirmed yet for uh, Vegas. Will it be the two straight losses, Aiden Hill? Or do we perhaps uh, get a chance to see Logan Thompson today? That ends up being the question. No goalies confirmed yet for Vegas going into this game. Uh, San Jose off a 4-3 loss to Columbus, uh, returning home from a uh, mini little two-game road trip in Winnipeg and Calgary. They dropped a 4-3 decision to the Blue Jackets in that game. Uh, I mean, if you're Vegas, the key when you play San Jose is, do you get the opponent looking past them, or do you get the opponent focused and ready to go and ready to not trip up? And I think for Vegas, you would think after two losses in a row, this is not a spot for them to trip up and take San Jose for granted. And they have won all three meetings against San Jose this year, 4-1, 5-0, and 5-4 uh, in a shootout. Uh, there are a couple of ways I like this. I Look, Vegas hasn't treated me well these last couple of games because I was on them against Mini, and I had a little piece of them against Carolina Saturday as well. So, you know, if things go south for them again here when I'm on them, I'm not going to be too happy with Bruce Cassidy and his bunch. But I'm going to go Vegas first period puck line plus 130 uh, in the first period. And I'm going to do Vegas team total over one plus 105 first period bet MGM split with Vegas team total over one and a half plus 200 first period at bet MGM thinking that, hey, get two goals early. Columbus got two goals in the first period. A Saturday against San Jose. Why can't this Vegas team off two losses? I can't see them taking San Jose lightly here off those two games, and they've owned San Jose this year. So uh, first period puck line, first period team total over one and one and a half, plus 105, plus 200, the prices for those. And also Vegas team total full game over three and a half here, uh, minus 120. So this is um, a pretty decent position here for me with the Vegas Golden Knights in this game. Um, I think they get the job done. And I'm going team totals routes for the most part, other than the first period puck line. I don't have to worry about Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson or what San Jose does. Focus on Vegas, getting it going offensively, which has been a struggle for them these last couple games with the Wild and the Hurricane losses. But I think they get it going. I like, you're right, Wah, Barbashev, Marcia So. They've been on fire, that group. I put Stevenson in the mix. I think they're all good player props as well uh, for the uh, Golden Knights in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, San Jose. I like the first period over one and a half minus a dollar 20. And I was trying to find that Vegas team total in the first period. I would sprinkle a little bit on that as well. Like I said, I, I think we, we get goals here. You could here. go over one plus 105 or yeah, plus 105. Or you could go over one and a half plus 200. Of course, if you go over one, you have the security of if they only get one goal in the first period, yeah. you get your money back. So one, yeah, so one and a half plus 200, I would sprinkle a little bit on that, but I, I like I like just over one and a half a little bit more, and that's more widely available for, for most uh, betters. So I'll have a little bit of those in pocket. That's really kind of the only looks I have for, for this game. I think that Vegas should destroy San Jose, and then next thing you know, this could be, you know, Three two game late, uh, so I, I'm probably going to be passing. It's a big card already. There's some other spots I like tonight, so it's going to be mostly a pass except for those first period looks. All right, uh, John, what do you think? Golden Knights Sharks. Um, I was looking at the under in this game. I know how much Vegas has struggled offensively. They haven't scored three goals this month. 
um, in a contest. They haven't scored more than three goals since they hosted the Rangers the end of January, where they got the Rangers in the good, or when they played them in the Garden, where they got the Rangers in the good spot. So um, you just look at the forward depth because of all the injuries. You have had the top line with Barbashev, Marcheseau, <clears throat> and Wara, and Nicholas Roy contributing, and then Stevenson and Stone in the second line, but. Below that, off the wing, they're just not giving you much. I mean, Cotter, Amadio, Colazar, Morelli, like, look at the names that even Howden is the left wing on the second line. So, <clears throat> I mean, there's a – they're lacking a lot. They're lacking a lot of punch. They don't have as much depth because of the injuries down the center. So I don't necessarily – but they're going to be controlled. And how much can San Jose generate against them, which San Jose tends to not do? So I kind of looked at the – uh total under this game and could easily see 3-0, 3-1 Vegas uh, in this 1 o'clock. Give me 4 nothing. I'll be, I'll be happy. All right, Give yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, when you're 3-0, are, are they, they're not going to pull the goalie and are they right. actually going to chase the game? So, yeah. And that's very much possible. So, I mean, playing the both teams to score in the first period also sets you up uh, for game flow-wise to – be on three one, pull the goalie up two, and have four minutes at an empty cage, which works unless you're an Islander because then you can't hit an empty net. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, but otherwise, sidewise, I would lean Vegas. I'm not interested in two seventy five. I'd go with the Vegas puck line, Vegas in regulation, and I'd probably put them in Edmonton in regulation and Vegas in regulation. Put them together and see what you can do, and not be too advantageous. But I think these. Uh, lopsided prices i think both of them are going to get it done there you go so yeah vegas and edmonton to win these games john likes them but uh again maybe uh focus more on parlaying them of some kind rather than uh, just going with uh team totals or puck lines individually you know in the uh, two games uh but with the, the oilers and the golden knights as big favorites here this afternoon uh, shout out to everyone in the chat, by the way. Make sure you uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it uh, very much. All right, we've got two games left, and these are the only two night games here on this uh, big holiday Monday slate. The Ottawa Senators and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 160 home favorites, seven the total in this game. I'll admit I'll be on the, the, uh, this as well, and I'm sure, look, it feels like everyone in the NHL betting sphere is going to like Tampa in some form today. I mean, it's just it's so obvious after – they got truly embarrassed, humiliated, just thrashed by the Florida Panthers on Saturday, 9-2 to two, uh, in that game, that you would expect this to be a huge bounce-back spot here for the Tampa Bay Lightning against a team they're capable of not only beating, but beating handily. Now, Tampa struggled with Ottawa, but in Ottawa, they've struggled with the Senators. In Tampa, it's been a different story. Uh, they have had the better of it against this Senators team. We just saw Ottawa lose on the road in Chicago out of the Blackhawks uh, over the weekend. John Cooper was incredibly and somewhat surprisingly calm and very, very, you know, uh, poised uh, after that game against Florida. He didn't lose his shit. He didn't get angry. He didn't start yelling and screaming in his post-game press conference. He was very calm. He said, you know, we're going to find out what we're made of uh, right now uh, going into uh, this game uh, tonight. So, you know, Tampa's been here before, and the one thing I have noticed with Tampa Bay, when they lose badly, 99% of the time they, there's a response the next game uh, from this team. So I would expect that here. We don't have goaltenders. Oh, we actually do. We've got Forsberg for uh, Ottawa confirmed, and Andre Vasilevsky in a game where he got a rare pull from the net after giving up six to Florida. He's back in net 
uh, here for this uh, game uh, in this one. So uh, 3.32 goals against average, uh, 8.92 save percentage uh, for Forsberg this season. So still the numbers aren't really that great uh, for him. Uh, yeah, for me, this is just, you know, looking at Tampa Bay in different forms, sprinkling it out across multiple bets. Tampa first period puck line, minus a half, plus 145. Tampa Bay team total over one, minus 110 first period. Tampa Bay team total over one and a half, plus 175 in the first period. And the full game Tampa Bay team total over three and a half uh, here for me as well at minus three, uh, uh, not minus 335. God, I'd never take that price. Tampa Bay team total over three and a half, minus 135. Uh, with the uh, Lightning in terms of their full game uh, team total. Yeah, Nick Paul against his old team, 100%. I think it makes a lot of sense uh, to look in that direction as far as that's the prop I really do like the most for Tampa Bay. Now, other than Nick Paul, I would say don't overthink it. Don't uh, don't overcomplicate it. This should be, in theory, a night where your Braden points, your Steve Stamkos, your Nikita Kucherov are the guys that drive the bus and show up and, and bounce back because you could say all of them were lousy. Uh, against Florida the other night. So uh, I would expect the big guns to drive the offense tonight for Tampa Bay in a spot like this against an inferior opponent coming off the kind of 9-2 debacle that we saw from the Lightning on uh, Saturday. Uh, Alex, what do you think here in this one, Ottawa-Tampa Bay? Yeah, there's only one play I like in this, and it is the first period puck line with Tampa Bay Lightning. You can get it as high as, I see, plus 143 at Caesars. Uh, I'm chopping around. I got to wait and grab the best number. That might be it. So, uh, yeah, first period puck line for Tampa. I think they come out guns blazing after what was a just atrocious game uh, against Florida. They're going to take take some uh, some punishment out on the Sens here at home. So uh, that's the only play. Lightning in the first period on the puck line. All right, Tampa Bay first period puck line for Alex B. Smith minus a half plus one forty five in this one. A Matthew Joseph prop, I don't mind that Cuban. That's that's not a bad call either for uh, Ottawa. If I'm going to look at someone on the Senators side of the equation, Pinto, I've talked about, although he started to cool just a little bit mildly here the last uh, couple of games. Uh, what do you think here, John, with uh, Ottawa Tampa Bay? I uh, Tampa Bay first period, Tampa Bay team total over. Tampa Bay in regulation, Tampa Bay puck line. Uh, I just see them leaning over. And I think this is also a case where you're going to see, uh, because it's the first of the back-to-back for Ottawa, um, you're going to be stuck in cage with Forsberg. Like, he won't be getting out of it early uh, if things are going poorly. Um, So... I mean, it's weird to say in a situation where I see Tampa Bay playing in a lopsided game that I might go Forsberg over saves, but I just think it's going to be an onslaught. Um, I like Sorelli to get a point today, especially if people are going for that Tampa Bay second line and liking Paul and liking Hagel. I wouldn't forget the center, especially with how much of the Tampa Bay offense moves from middle out to the wing uh, when it comes to setting up their play. So it's why Braden Point is so relentless. Their centers are always down low and will go dish out to either wing uh, to move it out side to side and get the goalie moving. So uh, Sorelli to get a point, uh, but the big guns top line. Expect a lot of Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov tonight. And I just think uh, Tampa Bay big. Yeah, I mean, God, it feels like the whole world likes it too, but sometimes those, sometimes those, doesn't that, it feels that way. And, and, the, and, the, and you do have Ottawa. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa tonight. Yep. 
And, and, and usually this is when I go the other way and I'll yeah. say, I'll go with Ottawa. It's just like when you look at matchups, this is a really good matchup for Tampa at home. Like it, it just matches up well. And there's a gigantic drop off between Florida and Ottawa. Um, especially when that's a rivalry game. And the team that loses the rivalry game, you know, how often do you bet Toronto next game after they lose to Ottawa? Yep. How often do you play against Ottawa after they beat Toronto? Yeah. Um, this is one of those. Did Toronto can't... beat St. Louis with that depleted lineup last week after losing to Ottawa? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I view it a similar spot with yep. uh, Tampa Bay tonight. And I think every once in a while, the spot just climbs up to it. Um, and I just think it winds up for Tampa Bay tonight. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, like I say, I agree. Um, even if it's a popular look tonight, um, Tampa Bay has been nails, as in excellent in these spots. When they've been absolutely crushed in the previous game, they have almost all, especially on home ice, they have always responded the next time out. So uh, I would expect that here uh, in this matchup with the uh, Senators and the uh, Lightning here tonight in this game. All right, Chicago Blackhawks, Carolina Hurricanes. It's the final game of this Monday slate Carolina minus 400 home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. That's right, 400 for Carolina here as home favorites uh, in this game. So my first thought when I looked at this game is, does this spot not smell to high heaven right here coming into this uh, game tonight with Chicago and Carolina? This is a Carolina team that the vibes are high right now. That was as impressive a back-to-back win on the road as you'll ask for. Not so much the Arizona game because Arizona stinks right now. But going to Vegas against a Golden Knights team that's rested, upset that they lost to Minnesota, waiting all week for that game to bounce back and play a good Carolina team. And Carolina goes in there and beats them 3-1 to and shuts them down completely in that game. With Spencer Martin in that, by the way, who continues to play very well uh, in the few starts he's had with this Hurricanes team. And it's already been confirmed that Spencer Martin is getting the nod tonight once again for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, in this game against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, they're riding the hot hand. Martin's had a couple of good starts against Boston and Vegas recently here for this Carolina team. And it is worth noting as well, when you look at it, uh, this Carolina team is not playing a back-to-back either. You know, they don't play again until, I believe, Thursday. Um, so when you look at it, this is this is um, basically Rod Brindamore rewarding Spencer Martin for really good play and giving him another start here tonight. Uh, against Chicago. Peter Morozik, by the way, uh, is confirmed in net tonight for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who are coming off a 3-2 win against Ottawa uh, at home. And of course, this is a former team, one of a few former teams uh, of Peter Morozik. Uh, He spent a little bit of time with Carolina. Uh, We will see how uh, this one plays out between uh, these two teams. But I think when you look at it, uh, I would expect Morozik probably to play a solid game, and I'd expect Chicago, believe it or not, to play uh, a pretty solid game. Carolina's won four straight. There's no question, and they've dominated Chicago. They've won seven of the last eight. The only win for Chicago was uh, May the 6th, 2021, but it was in this building in Carolina, uh, a two-to-one overtime win for them. I've got this, geez, I mean, and Carolina, when you look at it, you know what's on deck for them after this, this great little run? Dallas, Arizona, Vegas on the road. They won two of the three. The Dallas game was big. Huge win against Vegas Saturday night. You come home off that little three-game road trip. And next up, you got Chicago tonight, and then you play. And you talk about triple-circled on the schedule. Thursday night, you play the Florida Panthers. You know, 
only the team that knocked your ass out in the Eastern Conference Final uh, last year. Uh, you don't think that game means a little something Thursday night uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes? I'm telling you what, sprinkling, and again, I am, Chicago first period money line, Chicago full game money line. I'm sprinkling tonight on this Blackhawks team, believe it or not. Uh, there has been too many occasions lately when we're talking about teams in the minus 400 stratosphere that's been life and death to see them pull out with the win. Doesn't mean they're for sure they're going to lose, but I find these games are tough on these teams, and they're 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 it, 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 the focus is not there for 60 minutes. Chicago, you know, with Bedard back, is a better team. We know that they're not good, but they're at least better than they were. Uh, they've basically gone from atrocious to you know they can be competitive with Connor Bedard back in the lineup. Simple as that. the The big concern I would have about my small shots with Chicago here is can they translate it and take it on the road? Okay, because we know a lot of their competitive play has been at home at the United Center. And on the road, they've been uh, they've been crushed a couple of times. But I'm going to take a shot here in this spot. Carolina off a satisfying back-to-back wins on the road. Florida on deck. Huge game Thursday night. Give me Chicago here to maybe spring a huge upset. First period full game split here for me. Lean over as well, five and a half. You don't get many five and a halves. Uh, I think I could see maybe this one just trickling its way over the number here in this game. I think Carolina defensively not locked in tonight for some reason. That's just my thought. And we could see this one maybe get up and over the total. 3-1, by the way. Canucks just scored another goal against the uh, Wild. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Chicago, Carolina. Well, that would be great if uh, Chicago could find a way to beat Carolina. I highly doubt it happens. You look at that record, 14-3 and three the last 17 meetings. You mentioned that win in Raleigh on May 6th. That, was, that came in the third of a series that went four games because that was still when they were playing the condensed uh, weird schedules from the post-pandemic when these two teams were division foes for that season. So I kind of throw that whole block out. And when I look at this, Carolina has dominated the Hawks ever since the end of the Showtime dynasty. There's a reason this line's that high. I wouldn't be uh, jumping in on the Hawks. Only thing I like here, and I like it a lot, it's that first period over one and a half minus $1.20. We've seen this cash in four straight meetings, six of the last seven. Like I said, the Hawks got a little bit more offensive punch now at Bedard. Anthony Bavillier is also back in the lineup. I don't know how much that's going to mean. He hasn't done jack shit in the Hawks uniform so far, so maybe he can finally uh, arrive and do something and uh, you know earn his paycheck a little bit. So first period over one and a half. I do like a player prop I'll talk about later for Chicago in this contest. It should be an interesting game, but I, I would I would temper my expectations about the Hawks getting uh, two points in this one. This is all just this is all just pit of my gut. This is the price. This is a troubling spot for Carolina and the it, it, price. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all it is. It's not this utter faith in Chicago, especially on the road where we know they've had their problems all season long, but this just, this just is grimy shit right here. What we're talking about a satisfying back-to-back roadie victories against Zona and Vegas and this huge ultimate triple circled, spot against the team that beat you in the east final last year the florida panthers one of the best teams in hockey on tap and i still can't i'm still not going to forget cashing a ticket against carolina as a home favorite in this price range basically what was it last year with anaheim i remember that game i had anaheim in this kind of a price range more than plus 300 at carolina and i'm won the game carolina is not one of those teams that dominates and makes it easy on their backers it's always a grinded out win it's always one or two goal margin most of their victories 
And that's not what I'm looking for out of a minus 400 favorite, especially in a spot where they could play down. Could play down. Not saying they will. Could play down based on what's coming up against Florida. Uh, John typing away there. I can hear him. Uh, John, what do you think here? Chicago and uh, Carolina. It does not make for scintillating live streaming. P-A-S-S. This smells. It's a Chicago who cannot win on the road against a Carolina team coming back from the short road trip in which they looked good, got the big win against Vegas. Can Chicago take care of, uh, take advantage of this opportunity in the scheduling spot? I don't think so. Uh, but I'm not willing to play around with a minus 400 favor, favorite either. So uh, I'm just passing on this game. I don't have any good uh, player prop looks in this game. If anything, Mirazek over and saves. Uh, bigger yep. in Carolina to shoot the yep. puck yep. Um, as they do. So That's not a bad look. Yep. So the, there, there is the extent of like gun to head, have to do something in this game. That's what I would do. I would play a goalie saves prop for Peter Morazic. There you go. All right, Peter Morazic over saves for John. Other than that, El Paso for him. Uh, on that final game of this Monday slate with Chicago and Carolina. Uh, great stuff. John Massey, phenomenal work here. Your first ever appearance on the Daily Show here uh, on the uh, Ice Guys. We're going to have to make this a once-a-year uh, President's Day tradition moving forward. You can sign up for that, right? I'm just going to make sure that I'm muted when I use my uh, very loud keyboard. Um, so, but I, and I thought I clear. What can I say? Oh, the Leafs just went up 3-1. Um, Can we get that over six and a half home? I mean, that's not looking good. And I, that was on my card. Geez. Miracle six yeah. and a half uh, over with that Leaf Blues game. Maybe uh, yeah, there's still some hope. Still, there's still, there's still time. Three Next goal, St. Louis, would be extremely important for that. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to do it more often. And the schedule might change coming up a little bit. So I might have a little bit more flexibility uh, when I could be on. Um, but it's a really interesting spot. Today, with all the day games and all the scheduling quirks of who's on a road trip, who's on a back-to-back, with just the games being squeezed in, and especially when you have these lopsided favorites, um, you really want to uh, be careful when you pick and choose your spots because there are a couple things that you have teams that are coming off embarrassing losses and looking terrible, and look at Anaheim today. You know, they get absolutely smacked by Toronto, and here they are. Uh, playing a significantly better game in the twelve thirty window. I know you were on the Ducks in yep. uh, money back, line, back, back. Yep. you know, and every once in a while, like I mean, that that was the Flames against the Sharks, though, too. You know, like you get at these spots, and you have the team that's going up, and so therefore the uh, short term book adjustments, and there, and a lot of these mediocre to bad teams do not put up consistent performances. So don't bet them as if they are consistent. I mean, Carolina is different. Edmonton's different. They tend to be more consistent teams. When you have a team like Calgary, who's a lopsided favorite like that, like you can't do that. So uh, just be mindful of these spots with these teams. And this is why I had trepidation about backing Arizona today. They're coming off the back-to-back. They're unsettled in goal. The blue line stinks. The spot was against Colorado. We took advantage of it yesterday. The spot sucks against Edmonton today on the second game of the back-to-back with an unknown keeper. So just... Uh, be mindful of these situations. Look at the schedules and uh, use it as part of the recipe when putting together betting cards on a day. Yeah, well said. Good advice uh, from John uh, Massey. Good NHL betting advice. You always have to be mindful of what's behind you and what's ahead of you 
for some of these games. And certainly today when there's a lot of teams playing back to back uh, tomorrow uh, as well. So uh, definitely good to uh, keep that in mind. Shout out to everyone in the chat. 256 live viewers here watching us live on a Monday afternoon. Hit the like button. Make sure we do that. And by the way, I'm reading some statistics in the background here on our YouTube channel. There's still a lot of people watching the show, like shows, liking the ch- liking the videos, but not subscribed to the channel. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, come on, five thousand. The push is on. We want you to be part of it. That push for five thousand subscribers. Again, everyone watching this show on YouTube should be subscribed to the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button. Uh, let's get to five thousand uh, sub, uh, YouTube subscribers. We're closing in on that number, uh, so make sure you do that if you aren't already. Uh, and by the way, a uh, little mini live betcast uh, situation here. I'm just going to get in on a little over five and a half plus one ten live with the Leafs and the Blues. So there you go, a little over five and a half plus one ten here uh, with the uh, Leafs and the Blues. Currently, almost midway through the third at uh, three to one uh, for Toronto. Uh, in this game all right a reminder patreon.com slash ice guys ten dollars per month patreon exclusive betcast this week i know the date some of us already know the date uh, but it is this week make sure you sign up and subscribe ten dollars per month uh, patreon.com slash ice guys another exclusive betcast this week goalie charts totals charts are daily sides totals and player props posted on the page each and every day bonus videos and content and plenty more make sure you sign up your ten dollars per month helps to keep this show going for the long term sign up now patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars per month and especially sign up now if you missed the thursday betcast last week which was patreon exclusive because we have another one coming up this week you don't want to miss it especially if it's half as profitable as our BetCast last Thursday was. It was absolutely awesome to see all the winners we were able to cash in with. So patreon.com slash guys, just $10 per month. And if, uh, for whatever reason, uh, you're unable to sign up as a Patreon member, we still have you covered. We've got the free public, free-for-all BetCast next Tuesday, February 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is a great NHL slate that night. So again, make sure you sign up and you subscribe, or actually that's before make sure you tune in i should say 7 p.m eastern tuesday february 27th 7 p.m eastern dm or email me or alex for a spot on the betcast next tuesday february 27th and we will make sure we uh, bring you into the betcast uh, and it is a great card next tuesday for that uh free for all public betcast uh next tuesday february 27th definitely looking forward to that make sure you get your gear and your merch as well Always available each and every day at the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yes, today and tomorrow. we got two days left for free standard shipping on all orders. Everything is in except for the black flex fit caps. We're still waiting on those to come back in. But all the shirts and all the hoodies, uh, all the stickers, all the mugs, everything is available for sale right now with free standard shipping today and tomorrow. Last two days to get that at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. There you go. Make sure you get your gear and get your merch for sure. Lots of great stuff available there uh, at the uh, Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, we will get to our bargain bin special of the night. We will also get to best bets uh, in just a moment. But first, as we always do at this time, we'll hear from our great daily sponsors uh, of the Ice Guys show, Boston.
Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out. Check out their quality products at the website, and you can get 20% off all orders by using the promo code ICEGUYS. So make sure you check it out, bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you got in the Bargain Bin? Yeah, we're heading out to Raleigh tonight. I got the Hawks taking on Carolina. And you mentioned, you know, this is, you know, Spencer Martin and Nett. Maybe Carolina could be a little shaky. I don't know about them losing this game, but I do think we could see some guys finally wake up offensively for the Blackhawks. One of those gentlemen being Seth Jones, the defenseman who's been shooting the puck a little bit more. He looked back with Ottawa game on Saturday, had three shots on goal. Pittsburgh game, four shots on goal. Vancouver game before that, five shots on goal. So let's hope he can kind of go back in the three and four and five category rather than the five, four, three. And I'm hoping that he can get one in the back of the net here. You can get it as high as plus 850 at FanDuel. So I'm taking Seth Jones anytime goal for the Hawks tonight uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes. All right. Seth Jones, Chicago Blackhawks, plus 850 uh, for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. John Massey, your first ever bargain bin special. What do you got? I think you mentioned it already, right, from the Detroit game? I did mention it. Wanted to make sure to get it in with uh, now a 350 puck drop between Detroit and Seattle on ESPN. Uh, Michael Rasmussen playing on the first line with Dylan Larkin and Patrick Kane. Um, as high as plus 480 on FanDuel. Uh for any time goal, Rasmussen, any time goal. All right, there he is up on the top line today with Larkin and Kane. Michael Rasmussen for the Detroit Red Wings, plus 480, a really great price as well uh, for John Massey with his bargain bin special of the night. I'm going back to the well with someone we cashed with on Saturday, Scory Perry uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Corey Perry, plus 320 uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. Scored in back-to-back games, playing on the top line, still north of that plus 300 price to make it bargain bin worthy. Why not uh, go back to the well? Corey Perry, plus 320 uh, for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. All right, it is time for best bets to wrap it up for a Monday. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Going right back to that same game with Hawks and Canes. I like that first period over one and a half. I got minus a dollar twenty. We've seen six of the last seven meetings go over in the first period. So the Hawks got a little bit more pace in offense now with Bedard in the lap. Same thing with hopefully Anthony Vivillier. We know Carolina is going to be firing pucks at nauseum. That's what they do. So we're hoping for two in the first period with Chicago and Carolina, and that's my best bet for this President's Day Monday. There it is. Uh, Chicago, Carolina, first period over uh, for uh, Alex B. Smith, his best bet for this Monday NHL card. John Massey, first ever Ice Guys Show best bet. What do you got? Oh, I can't take credit for just saying Vancouver and Minnesota first period both teams to score. No, I'm going uh, first period Calgary. Games that have not happened yet, John. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, first period Calgary um, on the money line, um, and I also dabble on the puck line for the first period for the Calgary Flames. I'm on a lot of things with the Calgary Flames in that game today, so I'm just ready to be disappointed by them again. But Calgary Flames first period, money line, best bet. All right, there it is. Calgary Flames first period money line for uh, John Massey, and you can get that uh, at around plus uh, 100 still. There's still some even money out there. Plus 100 first period money line for John Massey with his uh, best bet. My best bet, um, we're going to go to Tampa. Tampa Bay Lightning team total over three and a half. Minus 130, minus 135. I debated whether to go with that or the first period puck line, which I really like as well. I decided let's go with the team total. They'll get four goals tonight. They'll be pissed off and certainly capable of taking advantage of a struggling Ottawa team. Uh, Tampa Bay, bounce back mode, team total over three and a half 
uh, for my best bet for this Monday card. That's a wrap. We thank John Massey for joining us here on this Monday edition of the show. Great job. We are back tomorrow. We've got a great week of shows coming up, actually. We've got Matt Robinson back in the house tomorrow and Thursday. Carter Hutton Wednesday. Uh, Mike Volman on Thursday as a guest. Uh, Jimmy Friday as usual. Uh, Zach Urban's probably back with us on Saturday. So we've got a great week coming up here on the Ice Guy Show. We have our Patreon exclusive BetCast. Uh, you might, you guys might have already guessed when it is, but we will uh, reveal it the day it happens. Uh, but it is coming up this week, our Patreon exclusive BetCast. So make sure, again, you sign up, patreon.com slash guys to take part in that BetCast, especially if you missed last Thursday because uh, it was a hell of a great BetCast a, a week ago. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Just before we go, Poe Buddies Nerfit, thanks, John Massey. Most of us want more John Massey. Well, tell the government that, uh, and then maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen. The bosses have to cooperate here, but I don't think they're going to. Right, John? No. There you go. So we'll get them when we can get them, uh, whenever that is. Great stuff. John, you did an awesome job. John Massey, everyone. Alex B. Smith. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of The Ice Guys. 